blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 67 of SwiftCast. This is Jill, Ashley, and Steph. And if you didn't hear our last awesome episode where we talked about Steph getting to go to Taylor's apartment for the live chat and all that good stuff, her pictures actually came out this week. She was emailed them. And they are so epic. They are amazing. It was like the most exciting email I've ever received in my life. I know. And they're all Polaroids. Taylor actually wrote on my Polaroid, which was insane. So what did you do? Did you like print it out and cut it out? That's the plan. People have been having trouble getting them printed out because of the sizing. So I'm still trying to figure that out. But it's crazy because even when I look at the photo and see... Taylor's there. I'm holding a Grammy. It still just doesn't feel like it actually happened. It feels like it was a complete dream and I'm going to wake up soon and be told that it was all just a dream. I can't believe you held her Grammy. Yeah, I I can't believe it either. If you guys haven't heard the whole story, I don't know what you're waiting for. You need to stop. Pause this episode right now. (laughs) Go back to episode 66 and listen to all about Steph's amazing experience because there's really no words to describe what a great day that she had. And thank you so much to everybody who's been sending me such kind messages. And some people have told me they felt like they were actually there. And that was my intention. I really hope everybody feels like they were able to be there. And like I've said many, many times, just never give up on the dream to meet her. I thought it was never going to happen. It will happen. Just keep trying. It really was when you least expected it. I was also thinking about the fact that 89 people who went with you and most of them had never met her before. That's like four Tea Party or Club Reds worth of people meeting her for the first time. That's like a lot of people's dreams coming true. It's crazy. Every single person in that group is so grateful and just will never not every single one but well there's the one the one bad egg yeah one bad egg (laughs) there's always one if you guys haven't heard there was one guy who did a blog he just didn't know what he was entering which i don't understand how do you get picked when you don't even know what you're like doing how do you get picked what could he have written that was better than anything we wrote He thought he was going to a Taylor Swift concert. He got picked. He actually works for some kind of entertainment magazine, and he wrote up this blog about it. But still, one bad egg out of 89 isn't bad. It's crazy. Everybody else was so thankful, and we'll never be able to thank Taylor and Taylor Nation enough for that opportunity. I can't believe she fit 89 people in her apartment. (laughs) Yeah, even just in her kitchen when we were all watching her eat pizza, which probably was kind of awkward for her, but she took it in (laughs) stride. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to go into some news for this week, which we really should just rename Shake It Off News, because that's basically what it is this week. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But anyways, we'll stick with keeping up with Swift for this week. So as of today, which Shake It Off has been out for just about a week, the music video already has 37 million views on YouTube, which is, I, I can't, I'm speechless. I know. 37 in, I, has it actually been a full week? Not quite. No. Not even. That's crazy. If you haven't been repeating it, keep repeating it. I've watched it, I don't know, probably a hundred times, I swear, in the past six days. Keep watching it. We really want this to be Vivo certified, which requires a hundred million views. Oh, I'm sure it'll get there within, like, a month, if not sooner. Oh, yeah. 
I've watched the video repeatedly. I've watched covers of the song. I've watched videos of people doing dances and flash mobs to the it. The flash mob, that was so good. I even saw somebody on Twitter, like, who I know for a fact does not like radio or pop songs or any of that stuff. And I even saw them tweeting, like, oh my god, I can't get this song out of my head. And I was like, yes! I saw a tweet. It was hilarious. It said, the year is 2048. Chipotle burritos are now a currency. And Shake It Off is still stuck in my head. (laughs) Yes. Chipotle. (laughs) Well, if you have not bought Shake It Off, buy it now. It is expected to be number one on the Hot 100 this week, and it's projected to have sales of 475,000 downloads. So keep downloading it, buy it for your friends, buy it for everybody. We want to break records with this single. Yeah, and this is only the first single off the album, so it's already crazy. (laughs) This album is already blowing through the roofs. So yet another piece of Shake It Off news. Mark Romanek, who is the director of the music video, gave an interview and said some interesting things about Taylor and the video concept and everything. So one question that they asked him was, which I'm sure we've all been wondering, how did they all manage with so many people involved in this video to keep it a secret for about two months? And he said, a series of measures are put into place. Badges and wristbands, aggressive non-disclosure agreements must be signed, scary legal announcements regularly made to cast and crew, cell phones confiscated at the door. We selected a pretty remote soundstage and even placed boom boxes all around the perimeter blasting heavy metal music in case you could faintly hear the song during <laughs> shooting. And then after all those measures are taken, you kneel and pray. It's crazy that you have to do all of that just to protect one Taylor Swift song. I thought the boombox thing was really interesting. Yeah. I want to know what scary legal announcements means. <laughs> <laughs> he also talked about how hard Taylor worked on this music video. He said in the interview that the concept of the video was really Taylor's idea and she brought it to him. He says she's very clear about what she likes and doesn't like and isn't afraid to communicate it. She wanted to make sure the message of the video came through clearly. This notion that not fitting in is more than okay. I wouldn't say I had to push her much. We tried to make the set a sort of playground to try all sorts of goofy ideas. Casting and choreographing that many dancers in a short amount of time was very challenging, but the shoot itself was super fun. Taylor is a very, very hard worker. And it's crazy how this music video, like, when you really think about it, there was no props at all. It was just people. It really was. When you think about all her other music videos, like, think about them and compare them to this one where it was really just a blank background, no props, and just people dancing. And it was such a good video. A little different than Shake It Off News, but Keds released a really cute pair of sneaky cat shoes. And they're black with a cat face peeking out from the side. And they have Taylor's birthday on the back and it says like 12, 13, 89. And they're really cute. They're not actually available for purchase yet because I tried to buy them. And you can't? (laughs) Like, you could buy them. No, you can't because I asked my mom to buy them for me for my birthday, and you actually can't purchase them yet. Wow. Yeah, I don't think you can actually purchase them until October when the album comes out. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, if you're trying to purchase them and you can't, that's why. I actually remember seeing something when the cat shoes were out that said they wouldn't be available until October. And you can't pre-order them or anything, but you can sign up for an email and it'll send you an email when they are available for purchase. Good to know. That's good to know because I was planning to buy those too. Yeah. 
Well, I was like, Mom, I really want these for my birthday. I sent her the link, and she was like, nope, you can't purchase them yet, but they'll email you when they are available. So it's in October sometime. I just don't know the actual date. That kind of makes sense, because the Red Keds came out right around when Red the Album came out. Yeah, I don't think they want to release them until, like, the air really begins in October. Knowing Keds, I bet they'll do some giveaways for them, too. I hope so. I love the Keds sponsorship. I'm so glad they're continuing. I'm getting my hands on those as soon as possible. I feel like I could buy like every pair of kids and be happy. I know. Well, that gives us our perfect segue to go into our fashion news. And we have a lot of outfits to catch up on because Taylor has been so fashionable for all of August. So the first one is the Giver press conference, which was on August 12th, the day after the premiere. And it's so funny to me. So, you know, at the red carpet premiere, she's wearing a super expensive fancy ball gown. And then the next day for the press conference, she wore an H&M outfit that only totaled to about $55. (laughs) She had the H&M floral and sheer striped crop top, $24.95, which will actually be available starting in two weeks. And then she had the matching floral and sheer striped skater skirt, which was only $29.95, also going to be available in two weeks. So she, as we know, really ranges in expensive outfits to cheap ones. Mm-hmm. The next day, Taylor was wearing gorgeous outfits for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. She came out with a Beck and Bridge City of Roses tea dress that was black and white. It's $180 and it has a cutout waist so it actually looks like a crop top and skirt combo but it's not and she wore that with her black prada ankle strap platform sandals and those are 850 and then that same day she recorded with seth myers for his late night show and she wore a black and white leather insert dress that was called the Jonathan Samike Fall 2014 dress, so it's not available yet. And then she wore Bionda Castana Dakota leather and mesh pumps that are $880 with that outfit. So that was an expensive day. <laughs> and then the next day, it got more expensive. She wore a CC by Cynthia Steve Steph fall 2014 dress and that's also not available yet but um it was red and blue plaid and it was really cute and she paired it with Sam Edelman Oxfords and they're not available anymore but she had her Prada Safinio Lux tote again <laughs> and that totaled to about $2,240 if you have the money for that. <laughs> that's an outfit that Nate should have been reading. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not good like him. On August 18th, when Taylor was going into the GMA studio before the live stream, she was wearing an equipment threat plaid pattern dress, which is $327.80. And then during the live stream itself, she wore a crop top and skirt set, which is the Monica Rose vegan leather top and skirt. The top is $141 and it's out of stock. And the skirt is also out of stock. It was $189. But you can get a very similar looking outfit. It's just in a different fabric that isn't leather. It's called the Misguided, one word, M-I-S-S, Guided, Winnie Laser Cut Shell Top. And that's $32.38. And you can get the matching skirt with that for only $35.98. So definitely a much more affordable and still very cute alternative. And it really does look almost exactly like it. I wonder if this stuff goes out of stock before she buys it or right after she buys it. Probably immediately after. It's just amazing to me that it can sell out so quickly. 
It really does. But one thing that hasn't gone out of stock that probably no one can afford, though, on August 21st, Taylor was rehearsing for the VMAs in L.A. And she walked out in this really pretty black dress and she wore black Miu Miu suede crystal heel bow loafers. Unfortunately, they were $675. And with that, she carried her Prada Safiano Luxe tote, which is $2,240. And then for her Shake It Off music video, which we've all been wondering about. She had a ton of outfits. Yeah, oh, I know. I don't I don't even know how you could, like, begin to gather them all together. But the ones that were manageable, she wore the Tabitha Simmons part calf hair and leather flats. And those were with the black outfit with the fans. They were $1,099. So just for a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she wore my favorite one, which I was really looking forward to, but it's already sold out, is the cat shirt at the beginning of the video, which was the Aritzia Tallulah Adachi sweater. So that was $55, and it was marked down to $19, but like I said, it was sold out, which is sad because I really wanted that sweater, and I went and looked for it afterwards. And then the gold shoes she was wearing were Gazappi Zanotti? <laughs> They're mirrored zip high top, and those were $870 again for the shoes. And then the leotard she wore was motion wear double halter leotard, and that was only $33, and that was a pretty simple one, but it was cute. And then she had a ton of other outfits, but unfortunately we couldn't gather them all. Those were the ones that were things you could actually buy in stores. When Taylor did her live stream on Monday, you probably notice the album cover hopefully and taylor is actually wearing this really cool seagull sweater on the album cover and you can buy that on her website taylorswift.com so you can actually go pre-order the album right now and you can pick the package where you'll actually receive that sweater so i'm excited for that i can't wait to wear the same sweater taylor has on on the album cover you can also order it separately it's 59 dollars then also, you may have seen this photo of Taylor sitting down in this black dress and she has these gorgeous jeweled heels on. Those shoes are called the Miu Miu Crystal Embellished Suede Pumps and they are sadly $990. But we expect to have a lot more outfits in the album artwork, so we will keep you updated on all of those things. And so that's for the fashion this week. And if you guys want to find any of it, you can go to where we get all our info from. And that's TaySwiftStyle.com. She updates constantly with all of Taylor's outfits and where you can get them. So go visit her site. It's really good. And you can find out more about fashion. All right. So after that fashion, we're going to get into some mini segments now. And we have a few good ones this week. Mostly they involve Shake It Off. But <laughs> So our first one comes from... At Athena A, 2001, and she says, I need it to be October 27th. Swifty problems. Me too. I think that's a common problem right now. <laughs> Our next one is from at SwiftySam13. I was going to fave it. I assume she means a tweet, but there's already 13 Swifty problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Even when there are that many retweets, it's like, oh, I can't break it. The other day, I had screen capped one of our tweets that had, like, 13 retweets and 31 favorites on it. And then I accidentally Aww. deleted it, and I was so upset. Oh, no! <laughs> it was just, like, perfect. Well, our next one is from at my girl T Swizzle. Love that name. When you're singing Shake It Off in perfect timing, 
then you breathe at the wrong time and everything is ruined. Swifty problems. <laughs> it's hard to bust your move and sing to that song at the same time. That's probably why Taylor's been at the gym so much. She had to get up her cardio endurance just to be able to <laughs> belt down the song. Well, I mean, now we know why she was at the gym so much, to be honest. Well, we also know from a picture going around that a couple times that it looked like she was at the gym, she was actually working on the album, which is confusing. Yeah. I think it's hilarious, though. I know. She loves teasing us. She does. She really does. All right, so our next one comes from at MegAntiX13, and they say, I suddenly have the urge to take Polaroids. Thanks, Taylor. Swifty problems. Oh, and Ashley brought up something really exciting about this. She has an idea in her head that because Taylor's always had a partnership with Sony, maybe in promotion of the album, they will release a special Polaroid camera, which I would be all for. I would pretty much bet anything in the world that that's going to happen. I really hope so. It'd be cute. They'd make a lot of money, I think. I mean, just with how expensive Polaroid film is, oh my god. I really wonder if they're going to have Polaroid photo booths at the tour for the area that like you can do stuff before you go in. Like, I wonder if Taylor's meet and greet photos are all going to be taken on Polaroid. Like, I'm really expecting this. I think so, too. That would be crazy. Also, Steph, I was going to tell you that since Taylor only sent you guys digital copies of the Polaroids you took in her apartment, I'm pretty sure you're all going to be hanging on her wall with the originals. Don't even say that. That makes me, like, hyperventilate. She's going to look at you every single day. She has Polaroids all over her apartment. She has a whole wall of just Polaroids. So the idea of, like, me potentially being on her wall, I can't fathom it. I meant to ask you, how does she frame the Polaroids? Or does she frame them? They're big frames, and they have multiple Polaroids within each frame. And they were grouped by theme. Like, one was all Victoria's Secret fashion show, and then another one was New Zealand. So they were so nicely organized, and they just looked great. She needs to take a picture and share it with everybody. Our last one of the week is from at Dancing to Swift, and her Swifty problem is that 1989 has not been released yet. <laughs> That's a big problem. So thank you to everyone who sent in mini segments, and you can always tweet them to us throughout the week at SwiftCast13. We love getting them and reading them, and if you send them, we will read them on next week's episode. So now for our main discussion, Taylor had an awesome interview in The Guardian magazine that just came out where she talked about a lot of different things and had some great quotes, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, one thing the interviewer asked Taylor about was just how she is pretty much the BFF to planet Earth, was the quote (laughs) from this article. I love that. Taylor said she's pretty much herself. She explained, when I'm doing a concert, I'm not like, what's up, London? Um, I pretty much just speak at this level. And so as a result, She feels like when she's talking to her audience, it's like she's talking to them across the dinner table, which is so true. It feels like you're at a slumber party and she's imparting all of these words of wisdom. Yeah, she definitely stays really calm. 
so they asked her to just talk a little bit more about and sort of explain the message of Shake It Off, which, you know, is a pretty straightforward message. But she just says, in the last couple of years, I had to come to terms with the fact that anyone can say anything about me and call TMZ or something. and It'll be an international headline. You can either go crazy and let it make you bitter and make you not trust people and become really secluded and rebellious against the whole system. Or you can just shake it off and figure that as long as you're having more fun than anyone else, what does it matter? what anyone else thinks because i've wanted this life since i was a kid it's such a good message especially because people hate on her all the time about dancing at award mm -hmm. shows but she's the one having fun everybody else is just sitting there like a bump on the log just like oh another great performance i'm just gonna sit here and you know it's sad that she's getting made fun of for something like dancing and having fun yeah, they really try to find anything they can't yeah. pick on her and bring her down. All she's doing is dancing and having fun, and they're making fun of her. It's sad. I really liked how she explained that for other celebrities, they can just let the tabloids really get to them and make them miserable. And she said, that's why these people then become artistically and musically irrelevant, because they let these tabloids stifle them. And she said, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen here. So I thought that was a great message. This whole thing is like one of the best messages ever. I love it. Just like she says, I'm not going to let the tabloids make me miserable when I could be enjoying my life. Yeah, I like that she just ignores them. And I think early on she realized that. We can remember years ago when she said she just doesn't Google herself. She doesn't read the stuff because she has a high priority in her life on just being happy. Mm -hmm. Which is like such a good thing. She really does look at the glass half full. One of my favorite parts of this interview was when the interviewer asked her about All Too Well and just what lyrics she's most proud of. And that's actually how All Too Well came up. But so Taylor said the lyric that she is most proud of is, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. Aww. That's my personal favorite lyric. Yeah, that's like everybody. We all love that one. It's really cool that she said that. I'm pretty sure pretty much any Swifties that you ask would say that that was their favorite. Yeah. So then she went on more to describe sort of 1989, the album as a whole, and this really made a lot of sense to me to hear her describe it like this. She said, it's the phase after that. I assume she means after all too well, basically. When you go out into the world and make changes in your life on your own terms, make friends on your own terms, without literally saying, come on, girls, we can do it on our own. And that was when she was sort of talking about feminism and how she's always been a feminist without coming out right and saying that she was or fully understanding what it is. She always has kind of still mm -hmm. had that mindset. That quote is like so true. I mean... The album is not even out yet. One song is only out at, yet. And you can tell that this album really is like a rebirth of Taylor and her life and her love life and relationships. And she's just like, I mean, this whole album, I think, is really going to be about finding herself and like, you know, going through change and rebirth. And I read something on Twitter how it said Red was about, you know, losing this love and these devastating heartbreaks and trying to be okay and then 1989 is going to be about actually being okay it's so true i mean with anybody like the most normal person when you go through like this horrible devastating breakup you change yourself you cut off your hair you buy new clothes you completely change yourself and i think that's what she's going through which is completely normal 
And actually, after the live stream event, Taylor talked a little bit more with the GMA interviewer about the whole rebirth. And she said it's really about how she's taking on a new genre here and she's really just reinventing herself. It is. It's a rebirth of Taylor. And the interviewer asked if she was going to pop out of an egg like Lady Gaga. And Taylor said, <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> no worries about that. It's more of like the metaphor of rebirth. And with what Ashley said earlier about Taylor's comments on feminism, it was really interesting. Feminists have been after Taylor for so many years about how... Mm -hmm. She's just like a feminist enemy and just nightmare. But now she's coming out as saying she is a feminist. She didn't quite understand what it meant when she was younger. And one of my favorite parts of this interview was how she said, I really resent the idea that if a woman writes about her feelings, she has too many feelings. And I really resent the, be careful, buddy. She's going to write a song about you because it trivializes what I do. It makes it seem like creating art is something you do as a cheap weapon rather than artistic process. They can say whatever they want about my personal life because I know what my personal life is and it involves a lot of TV and cats and girlfriends. <laughs> but I don't like it when they start to make cheap shots at my songwriting because there's no joke to be made there. And this was just one of my favorite parts of the whole interview because mm -hmm. we've heard for so many years and years just, oh, be careful, she's going to write a song about you. Yeah. And yet, like, for a guy, it's no big deal. Feminism is about, you know, being a strong woman and being able to speak up and say whatever you want and not having to worry about what men are going to think or say about you. And that's what Taylor does. She she stands up, she writes what she wants, she says what she wants, and she's proud of it. That's what being like a strong, powerful woman is about. And that's the whole idea of feminism. So I think she's got it down. Just because she wants some love in her life doesn't mean she's anti-feminism and it's really crazy that people think that yeah i really think she's been a feminist all of her life because she's always encouraged right. girls to take up guitar and write songs on their mm -hmm. own and just be independent and work really hard and you can achieve your dreams so i never understood why feminists always went after her but i'm hopeful that maybe they'll start to embrace her now yeah i really think this album is gonna have a that big feminism theme to it as well like you know that's part of her rebirth, being this strong woman who's on her own now and doesn't actually, you know, for the past two years, actually hasn't had any love in her life and has been on her own. She made one of her album's names like Speak Now. That's what it's about, is speaking up. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be like girl power, like mm -hmm. Spice Girls, maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, that is kind of like the 80s theme. When you think about the 80s and like when you listen to this music, at least what I know about the 80s, there is all these very strong women, like either like in a single performing by themselves or in groups. A lot of 80s music is women performing. And I think that's where she's getting a lot of her inspiration from. Yeah, that's definitely true. There is so many like 80s girl groups and just 80s women. And they were just really powerful, famous singers. Well, one of the last parts of the interview involved the interviewer just asking about how Taylor's always so nice. And Taylor said it's always been really important to her to be nice. She just really hopes that's the impression that everybody has about her. And she said, I don't care if it's cool to seem nice or not. I'm not that focused on being cool and I never have been. So uh, we know Taylor's nice and it's not just like an image thing. It's just who she is. 
I don't think she needs to worry about that falling off as a priority or people having a different perception of her because anyone and anyone who has ever interacted with her says she's just the nicest person. Yeah. She said before that she wants her legacy to be left as knowing that she's a nice, good person. She changed people's lives, which she has and she is. And I mean, when people think about Taylor Swift, they still, even with this new change she's going through, they still think of her as that sweet, innocent nice taylor swift that's a good thing yeah it is it shows that you can change as a person and you can become a little more like risque but you can do it in a classy way and you can still be a nice person so overall i mean it was a really really good article and i think we all agreed together that it was one of our favorite articles and it had so many great quotes in it and this is one of the first articles for this era i can't wait to see what what else is coming because this was so good Yeah, it was a great article. Definitely check it out on the Guardian's website. The only thing I want to mention about the factual parts of the article is there was one miss fact. (laughs) Kind of a big one. A really big one. The author said that Taylor tweeted last year when Kim Kardashian had her baby that Taylor actually tweeted to Kim and Kanye, yo, I'm happy for you and I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best labors of all time. And that just never happened. Taylor false. <laughs> I think there was a photoshopped tweet going around at that time, but that did not come from her. That's what I was going to say. And I think that's maybe where they got it from because it was a really good photoshop. And when I had first saw it, I thought it was real. Maybe they just got confused. Other than that, though, the article is just really on point and really, really good. In relation to this article with Taylor's rebirth and all these changes... We did want to talk a little bit about Taylor leaving the genre of country music and having this as our first official pop album. We didn't get a chance to discuss that in our last few episodes, so we wanted to do it now. For me, I've been a country music fan since the 90s, and I love country music. I would be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit sad when she made this announcement. I fully expected it, but it's hard not to feel a little bit of sadness for me. And I think a lot of Swifties probably might feel the same way, but I really have a lot of trust in Taylor. She's never let us down, and I think this album's gonna be great. One thing that's really helping me is it's based on the 80s, and 80s music was great. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be your typical pop music that's on the radio right now. Mm -hmm. How have you guys been feeling about this whole thing? I know you guys were a little upset about it, and I completely understand because when you, both of you got into Taylor, like, she was in that country phase, and, like, you guys really like the country music, and so I understand, like, the sadness, especially for people like you who, like, started falling in love with Taylor when she was in that country phase, but I got into her, I listened to her old stuff, but I really got into her during Red, so I was kind of already used to that phase, and I personally have listened to 80s music since honestly since I was about 14 years old and I I really really love it a lot of my iPod is all 80s music and there's just something about it it's catchy and it's just 80s music is really really empowering and it's so good I mean the messages are not always there they're kind of wacky sometimes but it's just got good beats and when you listen to it you can hear like real music and like how music was done back then and the 80s was like a time when people like really didn't care about any of the rumors or about the actual artists they just liked the music and I think that's what Taylor likes about it so much that's a really good point I never really thought about it exactly like that and I guess that goes along with kind of one of my fears because I can imagine that this album will be really really strong musically 
Mm-hmm. I'm just afraid it won't have as many messages and meaning. Yeah. Honestly, if you listen to like a lot of the 80s songs, the lyrics are a lot of repeated stuff and it's more about the music. But it's also kind of what if she's not going to have a band with her anymore and most of it is going to be like automated stuff. So it's kind of hard no, to say. I don't think that's going to happen. No. I think she's still the level that her shows are at would always want everything played live. Yeah, definitely. So another thing is just that I think for a lot of people, one of my favorite things about her albums in general, which she has said too, is that that's really the only time that we get to hear stories from her life, like personal Mm -hmm. stories and situations. So I'm kind of worried that this won't have as much of that either. Yeah, there's still ways to tell stories and have it be pop music. I think I read some stuff where it said there's really not going to be kind of like all too well music where it was one big story. But if anybody could do it, it would be Taylor. Like if anybody could find a way to incorporate an entire story with a really poppy song, it would be Taylor. That's true. Well, when I first heard We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, you know, I hate to admit it, I thought it was a joke. I was like, this this is not the first single, right? <laughs> She's totally pranking us right now. And it took a while for it to grow on me. Mm-hmm. It did. And I love it now. But when I first heard this song, I was immediately in love. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm a bit biased because I was actually there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you did love it. You got to dance with Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this song has a good message. And in a way, it does tell a story of, look at all the tabloid rumors about her dancing yeah the gym they hate on her in every possible way and she's using this kind of to show what she's been dealing with over the past two years and just saying forget about it i'm not even gonna worry about this and she's explained in interviews that this song can be used for kids who are having problems at school for me it was relevant to me is when she said it can be used if you're having problems in your career or with your boss Mm -hmm. anyone can relate to this song And on top of that, it's just a fun song to dance to. Yeah, I agree. And I don't necessarily think that when a song has such a strong, good message, sometimes you don't even need a story to it because the message is so strong that it makes its own story. Yeah, I hope that all the other songs have strong messages in them too. We have this image of pop and this idea of what it is, but I don't think Taylor would ever disappoint us and just write some kind of She's not the kind of songwriter who will just write some nonsense poppy song that has nothing to do with anything. Like, she's always going to have some kind of story or message in her song because that's how she writes. I mean, that's just how she writes her music. You're right. And I keep thinking about how she's said repeatedly over the past few months and year or so that this is her favorite thing she's ever created. And I know that she loved her other albums as she was creating Mm -hmm. them. So if this is even her most favorite, I feel like we should trust her that it is going to be great. One other thing to keep in mind that she's been saying repeatedly over the past few months is she likes to surprise fans, not shock them. So she's not going to go pull a complete 180 here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say she's not going to pull a Kesha. (laughs) (laughs) Or a Miley or something. Yeah. She understands that there are so many of us who have been around since the beginning and she doesn't want to alienate the fans and scare them away. And yeah. she's too smart for that, honestly. Like, she's the smartest person in the industry. I understand why people are worried and I share a few of those fears, but like, we just really have to trust her. I think I'll feel better once some of the other promo singles start coming out. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, she's not stupid, and she's not ever going to write something just to get really good ratings and stuff and just for the money. She's always going to write something that is meaningful to her. I don't think she would ever release something that wasn't meaningful. No, neither. Yeah, and just because she's changing herself doesn't mean she can't still tell a story and be herself. And really, Taylor has made this change so gradually that it's really perfect the way she did it. All these other artists who try to go immediately from country to pop just completely Mm -hmm. fall flat on their face and then they can't get back into the country genre. Whereas I think Taylor has such a loyal fan base. If she ever did go back to country, it would be fine. Yeah. And I really think that she was ready. Yeah, I think if I were her, like I said, I've been a country music fan since the late 90s. And if I were her, I would do the exact same thing. Country music is not at all what it was in 2006. And I feel like there's just really no place for her in country music. There isn't. I know a lot of people are upset, but it was the smartest move she could have made. Because if you take somebody who really knows nothing about music and you let them listen to Red, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, this is country music. They're going to be like, no, this is a pop album. And so I think even when she wrote Red, she was ready to move. To be honest, she wasn't doing well with the awards in country music. And she was ready to move on and her music was ready and it was the best move for her. Right. And and like you said, that just shows it was such a gradual move. I don't yeah. think we need to worry about the pop music genre rejecting her or anything like that. I think she's going to be just fine and gain even more fans while the Swifties will always be loyal to her no matter what. That being said, though, I am going to be very sad on nights like CMA Awards when she's not there. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, who said it that she'll always be part of the country music family? I think it was either like Blake Shelton or somebody like that. Yeah, she will. She'll always be part of that family, even if she's not there. And actually, there was a great quote from this author in The Tennessean. His name is Peter Cooper. And I just want to read it. I think it will help people who are feeling kind of wary about this whole move. He said, I'm not worried about Taylor, though. I'm worried about us. We look tacky. Why do we get angry about music when we can just go listen to something else or go watch a ball game? By all indications, Taylor can take it. She's managed a stunningly graceful transition from child stardom to adult superstardom. And even if she takes notice of the rankers, she refuses the rebuttals that I would be shouting from my long tops. And here's one of the rebuttals that he would be shouting if he were Taylor. Of course I'm leaving country music as a radio format because country radio programs can find slots for 30 men in hats hollering about their trucks, but no more than one or two places for thoughtful women singing about their lives. And this just really hit home for me because if you compare country music to 2006 to now, it's just not even at all what it used to be. And it's not really the only women in country music are Carrie and Miranda. And they're not really even that played when you compare it to all the guys that are played on country radio. Yeah. So if I were her, I would do the exact same thing and just leave. Yeah. People can be mad all they want, but... If you really love Taylor, then you'll understand that it was the smartest move for her. I really think she's going to shine and flourish so much right now with this pop album. And nobody can, like, make the comments at her anymore that, like, oh, this isn't country, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I thought it was hilarious how Shake It Off is on the very top of the country chart. It's like she said she was leaving, but they don't want to let her go. And that's why I think she'll be welcomed back if she ever does decide to go back. Mm -hmm. 
And since this has been announced, I've heard Love Story and You Belong With Me a million times on the radio this week. I had not heard them in years. I really don't think they want to lose her because they know a lot of people listen to their stations because Taylor Swift got them into country music. I saw on Twitter the other day on my timeline, somebody was tweeting their local radio DJ and they were getting very mad because the DJ was telling them that they wouldn't play Shake It Off. (laughs) Oh, that's mean. (laughs) Well, no, it was, oh, sorry. Did I say country station? Oh, okay. Yeah, they were tweeting the country station, repeatedly requesting Shake It Off. And the DJ said, sorry, no, we're not going to play it. But then he said, but we still love her and we miss her. And if she comes back, we'll still play her songs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But don't get mad at your country DJs. There's no reason to get mad at them. There's no reason. They play other songs. Request other country Taylor songs. Yeah, I feel like I'm having kind of an identity crisis because I usually only listen to country music, but this week I've been trying to listen to pop stations, and I just really don't like it. It's very difficult for me to listen to it. Yeah, I'm not going to be hearing any of Taylor's new songs on the radio because I will not put on top 40 stations. I just can't. That's so funny because, like, I mean, I really am the opposite from you guys. I know you love country music, and I'm going to be completely honest about it. I really can't stand country music except for Taylor. And Luke Bryan. I love, I was going to say, I love Luke Bryan as well. But (laughs) everyone else I really can't stand because it all sounds the same to me. But I guess that's what people say about pop too, that it all sounds the same. For me, the thing that bothers me about pop and top 40 is I feel like it's the same five songs just over and over and over again. See, that's what I feel like country music is to me. (laughs) But I'm very happy with the chains. I don't think I would be as happy if she hadn't announced the whole, like, 80s theme. But I really can't wait. I think it's going to be a really fun album and a really, really fun tour. Yeah, I completely agree. If she had said just straight pop, I would feel a lot more worried. Like, oh, she's just going to be like Gaga or Katy Perry or something. She's putting that spin on it where it's not just pop, it's 80s and empowerment. and Right. And she can really distinguish herself with that theme. Oh yeah. I'm very happy with the direction she's going. It's Taylor. We shouldn't ever doubt her or be worried because she's never going to do anything to, you know, make us angry. So yeah, those were really good articles and really good discussions and I think we could sit and talk all night about it. (laughs) Yeah, but if you guys have any thoughts, just tweet us. Speaking of that, you can always find us and get at us all different ways. If you want to listen to all our episodes, you can press the subscribe button on iTunes and it'll download the latest episode for you automatically. Um, You can find all our episodes on there. And a reminder, if you didn't listen to last week where Steph got to talk about her experience with Taylor and being in her apartment at the live chat, go listen to that because it's a really good episode and you can hear a lot of behind-the-scenes details. And then some other ways to contact us. You can reach us at taylorconnect at swiftcast13. On Twitter, swiftcast13. If you want to email us with any questions or thoughts, feel free to email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And you can like us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash theswiftcast. And then be sure to check out our website, which has all the news and everything you could possibly need on it at swiftcast13.com. And I know this answer is going to be very full with all different ideas, but what do you guys think Taylor will do next week? So many things. I think that she's going to look at the picture of Steph on her wall of Polaroids every single day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, don't even say that. Squeal. Yes. I think she's going to call up Steph and be like, 
hey, do you mind if, like, I hang this picture above my bed and look at it every night and call you and talk to you? And what's your phone number? And your dress was so pretty. Now, I think Taylor next week. You know what? I don't even know what next week is. <laughs> I think she's going to be rehearsing for the iHeartRadio Festival. Yeah, which you are going to. I am. I'm excited. I'm really excited, obviously, of course, to see Taylor, but I'm equally excited to see all of Taylor's friends. Like, literally all of her celebrity friends are performing. I know! Lord! Ed, Paramore, Coldplay. Basically all the people that Taylor is a huge fan of. And I really hope she does a collaboration with somebody. I am pretty sure she will. I hope so. I'm hoping. Last time she didn't, but I think she will this time. My hope is for Coldplay, or Lord. I wanted to give a shout out to Ed Sheeran because he just won Best Male Video at the VMAs as we're recording. And he tweeted that it was his first American award, which is surprising to me. I thought he'd won something before, but he said it was his first one. That's crazy. So big congrats to Ed. We love him just as much as Taylor. So I think next week, Taylor and Ed will get together with their VMAs and take pictures. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I hope that happens. Me too. I think she's going back to New York tomorrow and probably will be at the gym. I think this week will be kind of chill. Maybe like radio interviews, but she's got some time before she's really going to be ramping up the promo. You're so practical, Steph. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I want to say she's going to hang my picture on her wall, but I just can't say that. So yeah, I think she's going to hang out, go to the gym, get ready for some craziness to happen i can't wait i can't wait either well whatever happens you can be sure that we'll be covering it on next week's episode and we'll keep you up to date on everything new that's happening with this new era and so for episode 67 this has been jill ashley and steph bye guys thanks for listening bye bye peace out scouts (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of swiftcast Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for Swiftcast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.